the story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. The story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. They couldn't score and fell flat. And the 40 shots on goal was 40 shots on goal was a little deceiving. Yeah. And even though they had some really good opportunities, surprisingly, they need to play with that intensity. If those last three, four minutes, the Rangers sometimes don't play at their best level against lower-tier teams. Here's Johnny! Nope, this is Ranger Proud, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, here on the Bleed Blue Show. Yeah, here we are, the Ring Podcast 2024 kickoff hockey episode of our our platform. I'm feeling relieved because... The last time we was here, man, technical difficulties all over the place right before New Year's, right before our break. So we're back. The guys are here with us. We're going to talk blue shirts. We're going to talk around the NHL and try to get to the other circus all within an hour. Because Mr. Ranger Proud said we are signing off, or he is signing off at 8.50 p.m., and that's when we're going to do our final thoughts. Mr. RP, what's going on? We got Scott with us. How's everything, bro? Happy 2024. Uh-oh. Is he Uh-oh. there? You had me oh, muted. You there? No, no, there you no, are. no. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. <laughs> How you guys doing? Everybody good? Can you hear me? I hear you perfectly. You're in HD clear, man. HD clear. How you doing, boss? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's good to be back with everybody again. How's it going? It's good to be back, and we didn't got technical difficulties, man. I mean, we had hella issues in December. We had to... We had to shut down the live, and we had to pre-record it, upload it. You know, Scott Glenn on our – we had to do the conversation on a pre-record and upload it after the fact. Man, it was hell, but back to normal, (laughs) I guess, because I see the football guys were doing their thing. So, you know, know, we're we're here, though, man. We're going to get to Scott and get to Glenn. I got questions for you guys, man, for your blue shirts, man. I got questions, man, and I hope you got answers. Uh, I hope Bobby Lett has answers. Uh Uh-oh. You're going down to Uh-oh. Gerard Gallant territory with that response. <laughs> Let's get Scott on. <laughs> Scott, hello. <laughs> Say hello to the people, Scott. How you doing? And you're still undefeated on the road, I see, huh? Uh, yeah, good Good evening. I apologize before. I thought you were calling on me. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, we'll count that as breaking the winning streak, but I'm not counting it as a loss. Uh, you know, that, that game was, I mean, it was an entertaining oh, no, game no, to be at. And on, before you continue, explain that to RP, because uh, you got to hear Scott, give him a, RP, listen to this. Go ahead, Scott, about what he's talking about, the, the, Scott's undefeated streak. <laughs> yeah, well, I had one four in a row at the Bell Center, and, uh, you know, I, I count, I mean, yes, you get a point, I understand that, it counts, you know, whatever, it, it, for the Habs, it's going to count as a win. It's not, you know, it's not a row win, but in the main in the main win column, sure. But as far as I'm concerned, once that three-on-three stops, it's not hockey. You're just playing for an extra point. So I don't count that as losing a hockey game. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, the Rangers played as well as they could. I mean, you know, they That's have 49 shots. Are we talking point streak, not a win streak, right? All right, so I'm unbeaten in five. <laughs> <laughs> But um, as far as that game went, I mean, I'm sure you guys watched it. Uh, it was a very entertaining game, sure. Um, can't really complain. You know, came back from down 3 nothing, And I know that, you know, we've talked about uh, shots not always being a good indicator of who was the better team. But I think in this case it was. Uh, I think we were far and away the better team. Um, and, you know, it's, we definitely deserved to salvage at least a point out of that. And, you know, you got to give the hats off to the Montreal goalie. I mean, a guy played a game of his life. Uh, that night, and uh, you know, it was an interesting shootout. He, you know, he made some incredible saves. Truba at the last second there in OT, and then that ridiculous save on Zbanejad in the uh, in the shootout. And you know, to put my Ranger hat away for a second and just try and be an objective hockey fan, he deserved the win in exactly that fashion, making that save in the last shoot. You know. Uh, going three for three in the shootout, uh, ending it with a save, you know, good for him. Hats off to him. Uh, so, so be it. I, I don't really have any complaints. You know, if they weren't down three, nothing, uh, I probably would, but the way it went down, uh, I don't really have any complaints about that game. It was entertaining. And at least we salvaged a point out of it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Let's get Glenn on. Glenn, say hello to the people's man. How you doing? Hello, everybody. Uh, Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, welcome back, RP. It's good to hear you back. 
Um, uh, yeah, Scott. I mean, uh, you know, in the NHL, uh, you you are uh, uh, you, you didn't take a loss the other night. You're just uh, uh, you know don't just don't don't have uh, you know a, a win. But you know the way the way the NHL counts it, uh, you're still good. So uh, you don't have to worry about that. But as far as the team goes. Uh, just a lot of inconsistency between mm. between games, between periods. I uh, can't wait to hear what uh, some of the questions are that you got, Steve, because I think we all have questions. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, I had to get but, the notepad uh, yeah, out but, tonight. I mean, my attitude tonight is going to be to not go overboard. I'll explain, you know, <laughs> a little later as we go along. But uh, I'm not I'm not ready to, you know, start uh, – getting crazy so uh you know we'll see what everybody else thinks you're a patient guy man you're a good guy glenn because ranger twitter is going off man and rp we're going right back to you because man they do igor shesterkin under the bus this week man so we got to get your <laughs> thoughts on that and, and i saw adam fox getting trashed on rangers twitter as well so let's talk about it rp what is the makeup of the dog days of january can we call it that i mean you had the uh hurricane game Whew, what an ass whooping it didn't even last yeah. night versus the Canucks. You know, they got a little bit of revenge in that first period. They, they came out strong. And it's just starting – Ranger fans have been killing them since last night, man. I can't ignore this. And I know Glenn's being patient, and I'm cool. I, I'm cool. But the Ranger fans, are, you know, you, you, you always – we make a running joke, but it's kind of serious with Rangers Twitter. They are killing Shesterkin. And and we thought he bought some, uh, I guess you could say, some confidence points sometime in December with a couple of big wins. But, man, man, that Carolina Hurricane game, Vancouver game, bro, what is going on? And and, and here's my my other side uh, thought on that. If you could give us your thoughts on your analysis, RP, uh, Adam Fox, Shesterkin. <sighs> Listen, I know it's a long season, and I think we got all – I think, thank goodness for the Western trip, the Western Can- Canadian trip. But the Canadians, oh, not the Canadians, the Hurricanes are right there, kind of on our heels, about five, six points back, and I don't even think they played their best hockey. I think they are due. I think they they can surpass us if we don't get our act together. We start rallying some two-point wins. What are your thoughts, RP, on that? And and also the game Scott was at in uh, Montreal, and also the, the Chicago win. We, we at least got to include that. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's uh... – as I wrote about today, trials and tribulations, adversity, the Rangers are going through it all right now. Um, what they were doing so well early in the season, they just can't duplicate right now. Uh, you know, when we say the defense is playing bad, it's not just the defensemen. They're not playing good defense in a five-man unit whatsoever. And, you know, wins, we, we talk about this, wins kind of hide the errors and the mistakes. And now in the last 16, they're – eight, seven, and one, and they're mortal, you know, that they were playing at such a high level. Um, the, the gripe on Fox is he, he's scoring, he's getting his points, but he's not doing it on a consistent level, and like the entire team, they're not doing it when they need it at the most. And that's the same thing you can say for Shesterkin. He's playing well, he's making good saves, but like last night, the Canucks made it, I think they made it like 4-2, and like 35 seconds later, bang, it's 5-2. It, 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 sometimes they can't stop the bleeding, and he doesn't make that big save recently when he really needs it. Now, that's not to say he's not playing well, because a lot of it has to do with the team in front of him. But sometimes you need you need your goalie to make that big save at that key moment just to stop the bleeding, give your team some momentum, and it, it just hasn't been happening. So this team is riding on on the Trocek, Panarin, Lafreniere line. There, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, Panarin's probably, I think, playing best hockey of his career. Lafreniere, Trocek, they're, they're all playing great. And there's just a, a lot of little things, but when you add them all up, you have some major issues. Hey, Andre Miller's got to be one of the most inconsistent hockey players on the team. He'll play great one game, and the next game you'd be like, uh, and then an AHL player could have done that better. And he's up and down, up and down. That I don't know why. I give Laviolette a lot of credit because let's look at it this way, guys. In the Devil Series, when the Rangers were playing probably as bad as they've been playing right now, Gallant did nothing. He didn't change. He didn't think about changing. You look at last night's game. He was rotating right wings on the first line with practically everybody on the bench. 
Wheeler played, Lafreniere played, uh, Alvin played. He, he was trying to get to Bonajad and Kreider going. And he says, when a player is playing hot, I'm going to try to double shift him. And that was Panarin. The more ice time you get, the more dangerous he is. So I, I give Lavia credit. He's trying to change things up. I'm beginning to think that where we are in the standings right now and the way things are going, he might have to start changing up his defensive pairings like he did in preseason. I just, sometimes you just need a change. Sometimes you need a spark. You know, you do it with the forwards all the time, so why don't you do it with your defensemen? And I, I think you're going to start seeing um, them splitting up the top four guys in, in the near future if they can't get some consistent play out of them. But what else can you do? You know, and as we've all spoken about, who's going to be the right wing on the top line? It, it's not Blake Wheeler. He's not playing bad, but he just doesn't seem like he's able to keep up. Um, I know today at practice they had Will Coyle, uh, Cooley, playing up there with Ryder and Zavada uh, John at practice. I don't know if that was just something Laviolo wanted to see or if it's something he's considering. You know, he, he is trying to figure out what's going on. He's not ignoring it, but sometimes the teams just have to go through this bad section of hockey and Fans aren't good with that, especially on Twitter. When we lose, you know, you can win 10 games in a row and that one loss, the second Fox, Fox is horrible, Friday can't hit an empty <laughs> mat, you, you know. So, yeah, <laughs> you got to kind of take Rangers Twitter with a grain of salt. They they just don't like losing. They think every season should be 82-0. and 0. So, we'll just have to wait and see. I don't want to say wait and see what happens. I think you want to see what the coaching staff comes up with to find the winning streaks. Now, let's remember, guys, going into last night's game, the Rangers were 10-1 10 and 1 following a, a loss. It was only the second time this season they had a two-game losing streak. They're not playing bad, but you, you need to recognize the flaws and try to correct them before a two-game losing streak turns into a four- or a six-game losing streak. So uh, that's what uh, LaViolette and the team is up against now. Let's go to Scott and get his thoughts on, uh, you know, the Montreal game that he was at and also the games at home versus the Canucks, the Hurricanes, the Blackhawks. Scott, what are your thoughts? Uh, everything RP uh, was saying on trials and tribulations and anything you would like to add. And, you know, what, I'm, I'm going to come back around with that question. I'll wait to uh, Glenn and uh, Scott speak first. I have a question for you guys. Just a simple softball. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I, I, I'm not panicking. Um, you know, I, I still firmly believe that the team we saw in the first 20, 25 games or whatnot is our real team. That being said, I also said that this was going to happen. Um, you know, we're not talking about one of the best teams in hockey history. We know that. So, you, you know, I, I said we were going to have some downtime, and now we're experiencing it. I mean, don't forget, the success of this team was riding on whether – uh, Lafreniere, Kako, and Heedles could take the next step, and two of those guys are out, and Lafreniere is is back on my shit list. He's uh, average at best. I can get to that a little later, um, but just the overall, you know, gen- general where we're at, um, this could be expected. And you know, like RP just said, they were ten and one following a loss. So all right, they were due for another another loss. And you know, Vancouver is, uh, you know, we'd already beaten them once, and I know that was you know real early, and teams were still finding their identity. I get that. Uh, okay, they took a beating. So what? Um, you know, the, like the Chicago was a team that they should have blown out of the water, and they did. Um, you know, again with Montreal, I think they were far and away the better team. They ran into a hot goalie, so be it. But they salvaged the point. They showed a lot of heart being down three nothing like that. Uh, so no, I, I'm not panicking. I, I'll tell you what does upset. And yes, I do like uh, Cooley getting the nod to the first line. I think he deserves that chance. Um, you know, I, I like where Wheeler's been, but Wheeler, you know, again, Wheeler shouldn't have to have been uh, a top six guy. He just we had no choice because of the uh, of the CACO situation. And, and, you know, we're pretty much right back where we were in terms of uh, a, a right wing as we were last year. Maybe not quite as bad. I think we need one, not two, but we definitely need one. Uh, whether, you know, who knows what we're going to get when CACO returns. He might be reborn. You know, he might be more of what he was last year. But before he went down, we were not happy with him. Um, 
I don't like Ottman being sent down. Um, you know, I, well, you give him two games. I mean, you know, give him a chance. You know, like let him let him let him find his legs. I thought he had a very good first game. I think he had what five shots. Uh, he was attacking. He uh, there was that one play behind the net. He made a beautiful pass between his legs. Uh, I don't remember if that resulted in a goal or not, but it resulted in a, in a great scoring chance. Um, you know, it, admittedly, yeah, I, I don't really remember, you know, seeing him standing out in, uh, in that Montreal game. You know, obviously I was looking for him. Um, he wasn't very impressive. And then, you know, I, with, with what happened last night, uh, you know, the, the whole team was, was garbage last night. So I don't understand giving him three games in the show and setting him back down. You know, you have to give him a chance. Uh, so, so that upsets me, but I'm not in panic mode about where we're at. We know that, uh, that, that Drury is, is, is planning up something. We know we're going to get, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be some kind of moves, um, you know, Heedle, unfortunately, uh, but with the, with, with a long-term IR, I mean, then we'd have to verify with the accountant. Uh, so, you know, so RP told me if I'm wrong, but I think with, with, you know, if they shut him down for the season, which it apparently, uh, is going to be the case, if not at least most of the season that, that, that frees up, well, what is he making? Five million, five and a half. Uh, so that, that frees up some salary cap space there for, a uh, you know, for a late addition. Um, you know, uh, no, I, I, I'm not panicking. I think you know that this this span that they're going through exposed the holes. Our, you know, RP, like you said, the, the winning kind of hides uh, the flaws that they had. Well, now they're exposed. Now we know what they are. Uh, we were hoping. You know, Shesterkin is still a big question mark because he did have those three straight games. Uh, you know, three wins. I think he let up one goal in each. Looked like he was back, and now he just took a beating again. So. We, you know, hopefully he can, you know, we can get, get the Vesna Igor back. We thought maybe we had him back. Maybe we don't. Maybe we do have him back and, and he's allowed a stinker, you know, once he found, you know, re- refound this one. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm not panicking. I know that this team is what, what it was, you know, up until seven or so games ago. I, I know that that's the team we're dealing with, and they're going to make some moves and, and, and put this thing over the top. I, you know, I think, I think Cooley, and, and I forgot who said, uh, Steve, was that you, who said, uh, you know, Gallant didn't do, no, or that was you also, RP, Gallant didn't do anything when the Devils uh, started making changes and, and, you know, Lindy Ruff actually outcoached Gallant. That's a problem let's not doing that. He, he shifted things up as soon as he sees that things need to get shaken up. I like that. Again, I, I love Cooley getting the opportunity up on that top six like that. Um, yeah, uh, you know, they, they got a couple personnel problems. The defense, of course, is a problem. I don't. There, there's really no – I can't pinpoint one guy on there that's a weak link, but as a whole, they definitely need, uh, you know, to, to, to get their shit together. Um uh, because they are letting up too many chances and whatnot. So, but you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. I, you know, they're going to go through this. We knew they were going to go through this. Um, and I have faith in Laviolette and I have faith in the personnel that we do have. And, you know, <clears throat> Drury will get us that one or two more pieces and they'll, they'll figure it out. Like I said, I, I'm 100% confident that the team from the first 25 games is the team that we're dealing with. And they're just going All through right. some, some, you know, little slump right now. Let's go shout out to Scott. Let's go to Glenn. And Glenn, um, if you could give us your thoughts, but I just had a thought because um, every time it seems like when these West Coast teams come east, they score a lot of goals. I could think of San Jose earlier in the year. They put up a yep. lot of goals in Jersey, in Newark versus the Devils, and the same thing against us. We ended up outscoring the Sharks on that Sunday night game. And then the same case happened with Vancouver where they put up a lot of goals uh, in their recent game. Uh, here out east, and then also now against the Rangers. So is this something with these some of these West Coast teams just coming east and just putting up a lot of goals, and we just need to outscore some of these teams? I mean, it's not just happening to us. It's happening to the, to the Islanders, and it's happening to the Devils. But also your thoughts on whatever you're el- else we're seeing uh, in the new year with this squad and your thoughts on everything you heard. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, to, to address that first, Steve, I, I don't know. I'd have to – kind of look back and see because uh, I, I know it, it always seems and it seemed like this to me for years that whenever teams from the West Coast come to New York and they play all three teams they always play the Rangers first um, and it seems like they play the Islanders and the Devils most of the time after that so I don't know if there's any kind of explanation for it I always I always kind of hope they'd play the Islanders first and the Devils first. They could kind of soften them up on the first leg of a back-to-back and, you know, we'd catch them on the second leg. But 
Uh, it always seems a lot of times when these teams come east that they're they're playing the Rangers first. And I don't know if it's just, you know, part of it is probably, you know, you always hear uh, that, you know, teams love coming into Madison Square Garden and playing. Um, you know, the Rangers are one of the top teams in the league, so you're going to get every team's best uh, when they come in. Uh, but I don't know. That's a, 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 a funny phenomenon that uh, we're seeing this year, that when teams come in from the West Coast and they play the Rangers, they're, they're putting up a lot of goals. So I don't know. We'd have to have to probably look a little further into that. Um, but to get back to some of the other things, yeah, I mean, you know, in around mid-December, you know, when I was on my hot streak for uh, picking what the record was going to be, and, and uh, uh, you know, around mid-December, I think I had said after a couple of so-so games that, you know, I can see this team going like four and five, five and four, and, you know, I was kind of chastised for, for not being optimistic. Um, and uh, that's kind of seems like what's happened. I mean, I've been through a lot of, you know, we've all been through a lot of uh, Januaries with this team where, you know, it is kind of like the uh, dog days of August in, in uh, baseball. Uh, and, uh, you know, it seems like that's kind of hit them now. But, um, you know, now the, the last three losses that they've had, they've given up 16 goals again. Um, and that was, they had a three game stretch like that earlier in the season. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but I'm not going to get too crazy because I'm looking at the, uh, you know, when I look at the, uh, the standings here in the last 10 games, they're five, four, and one. Okay. Bruins are five, three, and two. So, you know, big deal. Toronto's five, four, and one. Um, the Islanders are four, four, and two. Uh, Vegas is three and seven. The Kings are four, four and two. Um, so, uh, you know, it seems like a lot of the, the good teams that uh, ha- were really building up points early in the season uh, are having a little low here, except for the uh, uh, surprising Winnipeg Jets. But, uh, you know, it seems like that's happening with a lot of teams right now. So I'm not really going to get too, too panicked about what I'm seeing. Um, but uh, the, the, the bigger thing to me is just the inconsistency. Um, you know, in, in Montreal, you fall behind 3 nothing. Then all of a sudden you come back and, and tie the game in the third period with three goals. Um, going back a couple of weeks, the Edmonton game. You go into the third period leading one nothing, and then all of a sudden you give up uh, like four goals in about eight minutes in the third period, and the game's over. Um, you know, and throw that in with a couple of stinkers like you had against uh, Carolina, the kind of – you know, workmanship uh, win that you'd have over Chicago, which you'd expect to have over a team that's in the position that Chicago is. Um, and it's just been a, a, a kind of a not very inspiring stretch of games the last couple of weeks that they've had. There, there's, it's hard to even, you know, even that win against Washington, it's like, it's Washington, big deal. Uh, so, uh, you know, I mean, I think that's the thing that's a little bit more disturbing is the uh, the ups and downs of Igor this year where he, he, he looks terrible, then he looks great. Now he looks terrible again. Uh, you know, and just uh, uh, the ups and downs of, of, of the defense, uh, just there's a lot of things going on right now that uh, they got to look at and fix. Um, uh, uh, let me, you know, you had mentioned something about the, the right wing, the first line right wing. Um, I think with everyone who's on the team right now, that Cully is probably the best choice to give a shot on the, on the right wing of the first line because, you know, he, he's the kind of guy that Zibanejad and Carter need. Uh, you know, he's a guy that will go into the corners and fight for the puck. He's got, you know, some offensive skills. Uh, so, I mean, I think the, the, the skills that he brings to that line are, are what you're looking for to play with, with uh, Kreider and, and Zibanejad. Um, you know, in the beginning of the season when it was Kako, we were talking about, you know, going into the corners, puck possession, size. Uh, and that really didn't work out. And then they try uh, uh, Wheeler there, same thing, size, some offensive skills still, dig the puck out. That didn't really work out. But Cully is that kind of guy where it could work. And uh, I'm interested to see, you know, how long Laviolette will give him a shot up there. Because right now I think if I look up and down the roster, he's the best candidate. Um, and when Kako comes back, which looks like it might be soon, um, you know, I, I don't know that you plug him right it back in on the first line from what we saw earlier in the season. Um, you know, I'd probably put him on the third line, I guess, because a lot of those guys on the third and fourth line have been, 
interchangeable. So, um, you know, I think I would put him on there, let him get his uh, feet back under him, and, uh, you know, then make a decision. But ultimately, I think at the trade deadline, we're going to be seeing someone else from the outside on that uh, that right wing on the first line. Um, And and the last thing I'll mention since Scott did was I never – I figured that Hoffman was just a fill-in for Pitlick being out. I didn't look at this as an opportunity for him to come and stay. Um, I think that we're going to see him before the end of the season. So I'm not too upset that, you know, they sent him back down. But uh, uh, he looked good. He didn't look out of place when he was here. But I don't see anything wrong with letting him spend another, you know, six weeks or or eight weeks uh, down in Hartford. Uh, Let him get his game going a little bit more, more confidence, uh, which I think he has. Uh, let him dominate a little bit, hopefully. And I think we're going to see him before the end of the year. Where, I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, I think we're going to see him before the end of the year. So I'm not too upset with them sending him down. All right, cool. Now, let me say something about that. Uh, I thought Brendan Amon, when he played, when he came up, uh, I thought he made some excellent plays. He had a nice, beautiful uh-huh. touch pass between the legs, the setup, oh, the scoring opportunity. Yeah, he, he's done some great things. The skating was excellent. And, you know, Poor Hartford Wolf for that. Ever since Johnny Brzezinski came up, they've been in the tailspin, man. And they've been like in third in the AHL. I'll talk about that on my final buzz. But uh, <laughs> as far as um, the right wing, yeah, I'm with Cooley, man. Like, listen, Blake Wheeler, it was a guy, he's an insurance policy, in my opinion, to fill in at times. But if you've got the young skates, you've got the long, uh, young legs, go to number 50. Let's go to Will Killing and let's see what he could do. And then work Capo Caco back into the lineup whenever that day happens to come. RP, my question for you, well, it's for everybody. And I was thinking about this. This season, you mentioned, well, you mentioned earlier, uh, Artemi Panarin, you know, as, as dominant as he has been. But who is the most important Ranger? I would arguably say this, and it may be on the outside looking at him, just looking at the last, I don't know, 20, 25 games. I may go Vincent Trocek yeah. for, the face of, for the face-off reasons. What is, who's, yeah. who's the most important Ranger up until this point right now? If you had to pick a name, just one name. I, I really find this really interesting because I see a lot of Ranger fans have different answers, but what are your thoughts on this? I'm going Trocek because of the face-off. I, I like Trocek. I, I, his faceoffs are incredible. He's, he's the most sure-handed guy. You, I would want him taking any draw, you know, any important draw. But to me, it's Panarin. He's the MVP of the team this year so far. His game has changed, and, and I know it's only the regular season. People are going to say, and he has to prove it in the playoffs. But he is a different hockey player this year. He drives to the net harder. He's taking so many more shots. He's not trying to make the perfect pass every time. He's made Trocek and Lafreniere better hockey players. And by far, I mean, he's the, the, the most important player on the team right now. I don't uh, think... Let's go to us. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to ask Scott and Glenn the same question. We'll go back to yeah. Scott, if you could quickly answer that. Who, if you had to pick a Ranger right now, the most important Ranger this season right now is? Uh, I'm going to go Trocek, and only because... Um, we knew what we would get out of Panarin. I do agree with RP that he has stepped up his game a little bit. I think he uh, this playoff thing is starting to bother him, and hence the shaved head and whatnot. But that being said, he always lights it up in the regular season. So, you know, I've kind of separate him from the mix, and I think Trocek is a infinitely better player than he was last year on this team. And I liked him mm-hmm. last year, too. So I'm going Trocek. And the face-off. Hey, yeah, Glenn, what about you? Glenn, yeah, what about you? Yeah, you know – you know, Steve, you make some really good points. I mean, I, I think it's really close. Um, I don't know where they would go to replace the scoring of a Panarin if he was out at any point. Uh, so, you know, I, I would probably lean toward Panarin. But, I mean, Trocek is just playing out of his mind. Um, I mean, to me, I, and I loved him going back to when he was in Florida, but um, I think he's having the, the year of his career. I mean, he's becoming like, you know, two, three assists a game is nothing for, for him. But a lot of that is because of Panarin. So let's keep that in mind. Um, mm-hmm. But when, like you say, you look at the face-offs, you look at how well he's fit in, uh, centering that second line. I think it's real close, but I still think they'd have a harder time uh, replacing the uh, the production of Panarin if he went down uh, than Trocek. But I think it's really close. 
All right, cool. Let's go back to RP and get your additional thoughts. That's kind of I I I thought Trochet too because they have nobody else to replace that that aspect of the yeah. game. I think with Panarin, even if Panarin wasn't as hot, I think Zbigniewicz or Kreider or somebody, some veteran will make up the scoring with the points. We, it's hard to say because you can't really prove it, but based on our history, we know that these guys have produced the last couple of years, but nobody can do what Trochek is doing when it comes to the face-off. And I think that's a, a big reason why we are in the position, position we are. But RP, continue your thoughts and anything else you'd like to add um, as far as the blue shirts. And then anything around the NHL on top of that as well, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, I, I just think, I mean, Panama's just running away stat-wise with the team. He's got 57 points, and then Trotek got 40, and then Devonajad and Kreider got 39 and 35, respectively, and then Lafreniere got 25. So, you know, it, it's not, we've been in years past a little bit more balance at the top, but Panama is playing so well right now, you know, 26 goals and 31 assists, not, not even halfway, you know, just about the halfway part of the season. Uh, I, I think, you know, that line in general, even if we're not happy with the overall production of Lafreniere, I think the three of them as a unit are just playing top notch. I mean, every time they're out there, something's going on. Would I like to see Lafreniere be able to finish on breakaways a little bit more? Hell yes. But on the flip side to that, he's definitely playing, I think, the best hockey that he's played as a Ranger. And I think that has everything to do with Trocek and, excuse me, and Panarin. Um, otherwise, next couple of games, I think you're going to see Lavier just making a lot of changes. I think he's going to try different combinations. I don't think he's going to touch the, the Panarin line, but you're going to see different right wings. And, you know, I'm looking forward to Kako coming back. But when you when you look at his numbers, before he got hurt, he played 20 games and he had three points. And that is not a top-line right winger. Mm-hmm. So... I understand, though, from a different aspect that the team was winning with that combination. I mean, they had a, a good winning record when he was playing, so I'm not knocking that. But I think I think if we want to improve at the right wing, like I said this last year, who are you willing to trade that you can get a top right wing to play on our line? If now that Lafreniere is kind of set in and Heedle's not coming back this season, he's going to come back very late, the Conco trade rumors are going to pick up again. Because trust me, trading Buckley Goodrill is not going to get you a top six right winger. And even though they're talking about his salary and he is overpaid and he's on the other end of his career, it's not going to achieve what the team needs to achieve. So you're either going to have to go into the minor leagues and trade uh, Zach Jones or maybe even a Brzezinski, though I like him a lot. You're going to have to give up somebody to get somebody especially the position that he's looking for. So I think it's, I don't think it's as easy as saying Bo Burr is going to make a move and improve the team. I think the exact need that they need for this season and for this club right now, a top six right winger, it's going to cost, it's going to cost the Rangers somebody that you may not want to see get traded. But if you want to get better and you want to improve what we did last year in the playoffs, he has to make a move. Probably needs another defenseman too, because Brandon Chiden has not played as well as we had hoped. I think uh, he just doesn't look as sharp as he did early on. I don't know if it's the sophomore change or whatever you want to call it, but you know the Zach Jones uh, experiment hasn't worked out with that great either. So you know that might be another thing that he's he say Drury is considering. Can I bring another defenseman in that can help? Do I get another right wing? Do I hope Kako will find that verse now that he's you know been out all this time? Will he come back strong? You know, the Rangers haven't been that lucky. Fox came back from a big injury, hasn't played that great. Chesterton came back from a bad injury. He's still struggling to find his game consistently. It's a tough thing when you're on you know, injury reserve, long-term injury reserve, to, to come back and get that jump let out. We're just doing practices every other day because the schedule is so condensed. So, you know, it may take Kako 10 games to find his game. Do the Rangers have 10 more games? That that'll be game number, what, 49, 50? You're into the last third of the season then. So I I don't know who he'll be looking for salary-wise, who's trading who right now. Right now there aren't too many teams that are out of a playoff position. Like they can really say we're a seller. 
So we're just going to have to see where, where things shake out as the trade deadline approaches. All right, Scott, what are your thoughts? Well, um, I, I, I do uh, – I touched before – on uh, on Lafreniere being back on my uh, on my on my list, um, uh-huh. I mean mm-hmm. he, he you know I'm having shades of Boots Nevitz 2.0. I mean how many glorious opportunities is this guy gonna not be able to bury? I mean he, he's making great passes. He's, he's getting some good assists there. I'll give him that. But you know we were supposed to get a sniper. You know I, I've even accepted the fact that you know okay he's not going to be Jack Hughes. He's not going to be Bedard. Like I've accepted that, but he needs to be better than he is. I, I, I forgot which game it was. I want to say it was the Florida game. I mean just three glorious point blank opportunities. I mean goalie beat you know a good eight to twelve inches uh, to shoot at. He hits the goalie once. He uh, he comes in on the goalie. You know kind of made a nice juke. Went it off the crossbar. Uh, then there was a breakaway later in that game, and then why he's out there in the shootout in Montreal, I have no idea. And of course, the game ends with him not scoring. I mean, he is just not bar- He just can't. He's just not burying these opportunities. And I and you know, everyone's like, "Oh, give him time, give him time." Like, no, look, no. Like, you, you know, you know, like I said, like, like, like Bedard, you can see, you can see that this kid's gonna you know run the league in a few years. You know, even Jack Hughes, he didn't have a lot of points his first year, but you saw that this kid, he was gonna be a stud. You, you, you know, mm-hmm. He's not going to grow into this, you, you know. And, and how many years are we going to give him? We're we going to give him eight, like Kreider. But the difference is, Kreider we knew had the skills off the bat. It was just his work ethic and his laziness when he didn't want to, as to why you know he didn't come into his own until three years ago. Um, you know, like you either have it or you don't, and he just does not have it. I mean, it's glorious opportunity after glorious opportunity that he just cannot bury, and it's really frustrating. And I really—that's—I'm not saying that that's the reason for the last ten games or so, but again, this team was hinging on him taking the next step, and he's not taking the next step. Like, yeah, he's a little more comfortable out there, and like I said, he is making great passes and um, you know setting things up. But I'm worried that you know, that, like remember, remember a couple years ago when Panera, or maybe it was last year when Panera and have like the 75 assists and we said okay well you know what he's got to start shooting because he's a sniper you know maybe he's lost his confidence to shoot and wants to pass first maybe that's what's going on with Lafreniere um, but you know when he does shoot he just he, he he's not a sniper at all the goals he does score are goals that anybody else in the league can score so I, I'm just I'm so frustrated with him because just glorious point blank opportunities that if he was 75% of the sniper that we were hoping he would be he would score on these and he just doesn't it's either in the goalie or off the post or wide every single time. It's Buchnevich 2.0, and it's really, really frustrating me, and I think it's holding this team back because, again, you know, he's he's a second line. He's a top six ring, winger, and he can't finish. He just can't. That's my biggest complaint about this team right now. Yeah, I agree. Right, cool, cool. All right. Anything else? Uh, you want, uh, anything for, you want to add? Blue or around the league? Or? I know you had a couple Yeah, actually, I – I got more gripes. I got more gripes. <laughs> uh, for one, for one, the NHL uh, ruined the win. Not ruined, but uh, big, uh, big foot and mouth. Or I don't know if that's the right phrase, but they screwed up the Winter Classic. Uh, first of all, it was on TNT. Unacceptable. Yep. And I, I know that yep. there's big money contracts, and I know that there's college bowl games, but you know what? When they made the contract, you know, when they when they when they signed the deal, you know, this is Disney. Disney runs the entire planet. You know, like figure something out. That game should have been on ABC, and I'll settle for ESPN at the least, not TNT. Uh, I didn't like the opponents. You know, I, you, you know how I feel about uh-huh. Vegas. I don't like them being in their second outdoor game in the six years they've been in the league. And I don't like them trying to force feed this, this Seattle-Vegas thing as a rivalry. Why? Because they're the last two teams? It's not a, it's not a rivalry. Like, like, like we've talked about this, the NHL trying to dictate what they want the rivalries to be. No. That's that. That's not it. If anything, you know, San Jose in Vegas because of that great playoff series. That's a rivalry again. You know, like we've said, the league does not dictate the rivalries. The the, the fans do, and 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 just 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 history does. Just the way things pan out. So they're trying to force feed this nonsense, kind of in the same way that the that like the Big Ten is trying to force feed a Rutgers Maryland rivalry just because they're the last two kids in and both teams are 
garbage and can't, and my team is one of them. <laughs> I'll admit, both teams are garbage and can't compete with the rest of the conference, so they're trying to have this little offshoot rivalry. I think they're, obviously Vegas can compete, a little different there, but I think they're trying to force feed a Vegas-Seattle rivalry just because of the two new kids on the block and, you know, like, stop. Stop, stop force-feeding us Vegas. Uh, I know the game had terrible ratings, and it, it was on TNT. This is their bread and butter, which they've already watered down with the Stadium Series games, uh, and now it's not even on a, on a, on a legit channel. So uh, they completely screwed that up. Uh, but while I have the floor, I want to give props to the Women's League. And... Um, you know, they, they, they started, and they started to some incredible attendance. They, they broke the women's attendance record on night one in, um, I forgot where it was, but with like 8,000 and change. And then they shattered in it in Minnesota with, with Toronto, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then they shattered it uh, by 5,000 people with 13 and change in Minnesota. So uh, props yeah. to them. Good luck, ladies. I, uh, I hope it succeeds. And uh, there's a rule in that league that I absolutely love, and I guess I guess uh, get everyone else's opinion on this. So I don't know if you guys are aware that if you let up a shorthanded goal on your power play, you, your power play ends. You lose the power play. And, I, you That's know, awesome. I, I love that rule. I love that rule. It's like, you know, it's as if letting up a shorty was not, uh, was not bad enough. You don't deserve this power play. You know, yeah, power play's <laughs> over. Go sit, go sit in the corner. That's think about right. what you did. I love that rule. So, uh, you know, good luck, ladies. And um, I haven't watched any of the games yet, but uh, I definitely plan to. And I love the jersey schemes. I love that all four teams have basically the same jerseys, just different color schemes. And they, uh, they remind me a lot of, uh, of our heritage jerseys. You know, the, uh, the, the 85th anniversary, which, which are infinitely, uh, by far and away, our best, uh, our best alternates we've ever had. And I really hope, since they screwed up the uh, – the, the, our, our third jersey this year, we still got the, winter, uh, the, the, the Stadium Series jerseys to come. And since we're obviously the road team, I would love to see a white version of, or maybe like that cream from the, that cream colored version from the 2012 Winter Classic, uh, a white or off white version of the Heritage jerseys that just said New York in block letters, like, like the ladies going on. That's what I'd like to see. But uh, no, I, I absolutely love that rule. And uh, if anybody else wants to comment on uh, that or anything else, uh, that's what I got. Well, you know, with, with the with the girls league, the other interesting thing is they play full contact. It's no longer in that league. It's not that coincidental contact that the women's international leagues play. These girls are these girls are going gung ho and firm on that and open ice body checks. Yeah, I, I was watching. Most of the games are streamed on YouTube free, and these girls are going at it, man. They they are playing. They are playing hockey the way it's supposed to be played. It's it's been a lot of fun to see. So I I, I think that and, and some of these other rules that they have coming on and they're just growing and, and growing. I think if if they do it the right way, they're going to be really successful. Because fans, like you said, Minnesota Minnesota have more fans than the, the Islanders had last week. I mean, they had thirteen thousand more fans than Phoenix has in their little winky dink arena where they're rebuilding something. There are thirteen thousand for a league that really. Most fans don't know a lot of the players. That, and, of course, Minnesota's a hockey town, so they watch any hockey. But uh, good luck to them. It's been, uh, it's been a good start to a new league. Glenn, uh, any thoughts, blue shirts around the league? Any thoughts you just heard with Scott with the women's league? And after that, we're going to get final thoughts kicked off. Yeah, yeah, a couple of thoughts about a couple of things. Um, <clears throat> you know, the one thing that uh, Scott said, uh, about the uh, power plays. Um, I've also been reading that the league is, is thinking about uh, going back to what they had done before and treating a, a two-minute minor like a major where, uh, uh-huh. you know, if you score a goal, you, you stay on the power play and score as many goals as you can. Now, I, I mean, I wonder what you guys think about that. My understanding was that they kind of changed that after the Canadians in the 50s were just blowing games open when uh, teams got, uh, you know, a two-minute power play, and they scored like two minutes, three goals in two minutes and blow the game open. Um, so I'm wondering what you guys think about that. So we can, we can kind of get to that. Um, the, the Women's League, I, yeah, I'm a big supporter of the Women's League. In fact, I, I went to a game uh, on Floyd Bennett Field uh, a number of years ago uh, with the, uh, uh, the, the Riveters, uh, and it was, it was a great crowd. The hockey itself was fantastic. I've always been a big supporter of women's hockey in general. I watch it during the Olympics. I watch it, you know, whenever it's on TV. 
Uh, it's really great hockey. So I hope they really, uh, you know, can promote that and, and make it uh, a bigger thing, put it on TV a lot more, uh, you know, maybe add on a couple of teams as, as time goes on. But, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big supporter of, of, of women's hockey. I think it's fantastic. So I hope they can grow that. Um, the last thing I want to talk about, maybe we can talk about it, you know, next week going around the league, is the uh, surprising Winnipeg Jets. Uh, and also Vancouver, too. Um, uh, the Winnipeg Jets are one of three teams that have still not given up 100 goals yet. Um, uh, Winnipeg played 39 games. They've given up 94 goals. Uh, the, the, surprisingly, the Panthers are, are one of the other teams and the Kings, but they played a couple of less games. Um, I don't know where the Winnipeg Jets came from. So maybe we can, you know, talk about them specifically, you know, next week or something. Uh, because, you know, they're leading that division right now, and they're not showing any signs of slowing down. So uh, I, I know they're, they're tied to the league uh, lead in uh, regulation and overtime wins, and they've, they've, none of them are uh, over – you know, they have no wins in the overtime of the shootout. So all their wins are regulation wins. Uh, so, you know, maybe we can pick a team next week, uh, you know, look into them a little more, each of us, and uh, – start doing maybe something like that, pick one team in the league and, and talk a little bit more about them. But uh, that's kind of my comment about what's going on in the league right now. Yeah. Um, we, um, we got a post game next week versus the Kraken next Tuesday. So, I mean, if you want to pick up on Seattle, uh, Winnipeg, cool. that's the same team Scott went to see on Halloween night, right, Scott? Right. Or Halloween around that, that around that day or something that yep. week or that night, right? Yeah, it was yeah, no, right. It, yeah. You were yeah, Monday the thirtieth, and uh, <laughs> you know back then, you know Winnipeg was, you know, I think the Rangers won that game in OT, and Winnipeg was, uh, you know, everybody probably at the time we thought playing for draft picks. I know Devils Devils fans were were excited because uh, they thought Winnipeg would be uh, unloading and they uh, might get a crack at their goalie, and uh, <laughs> but then when and I remember as soon as Winnipeg started to win, I was I immediately said, well, well, thank God the Devils aren't going to get him now so uh yeah you know they completely turned it around and uh they had the best rated pass um, stuff the other night for best record in the league good for them well, is, good for that is, city well, scott let me ask you this about winnipeg what about what like winnipeg what i mean if they're playing hot hockey as is i mean to my knowledge you know i haven't studied the winnipeg just roster like that so they didn't really make any major changes since losing to Vegas in the uh, playoffs, you know. And I thought them giving the you know the contract extension to Sheffield, but I know Nikolai Ellis has been the best player. I mean that's the eye test from what I can see. But I mean a lot of those guys are still on that team. It's not like they got a, a major change. Like you know, is Kyle Connor still there? Morrissey and Ellis and Sheffield. I mean it's the same cast. I mean. If, is it the emphasis on defense? If, if Glenn is saying they've kept teams under 100 goals up until this point, have they shifted their way to more of a defensive type of squad? Is that the reason why they're winning? I mean, I got to have to watch Winnipeg to really see it. See it. But what are your thoughts? If you guys have any thoughts on Winnipeg? Well, I, I, admittedly, I watched one Winnipeg uh, Jets game this year, and that was one I was at, so I don't really have any uh, – I'm not really a fair assessor of, uh, of of what they've done. I just noticed over the past, like, two months, they just don't lose. So i got to bow out of this because I don't know why they don't lose, but they don't lose. That's all I know. <laughs> and and that's one more game than I've watched on the season. There's more than one. Glenn, what was your thoughts? And then we go to RPG. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's like Kyle Connor's been out for like a month too, and he's he's one of the guys that you would put with maybe Shifley and Hellebuck as uh, and Ehlers as uh, you know one of their best players, if not their best skater at least. And uh, he's been out for a month, and they're still doing it. Yeah, I gotta check that out. I gotta st- yeah, I'll study up on it, man. So we'll we'll get into that. So let's kick off the final thoughts. RP final thoughts on the first hockey episode of 2024. We're back. Blue shirts around the NHL, what? your final thoughts, sir, and articles, and how are you going to calm down Rangers Twitter for the rest of January? There is no calming down Rangers Twitter. We could be 82-0 and have a bad game, and and the first bad playoff game in the entire organization would suck. So I've given up on calming down oh, Rangers man. Twitter. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the truth, man. It's, it's a tough market, let me tell you. Um, mm. I'm just looking forward to – seeing how this team comes out of this little bit of adversity now and how they, they're going to have to find ways to correct issues and things that come up in the playoffs. And Robbie Lettis said all along that the regular season is a buildup for playoff hockey. So now it's his time to shine. He's going to have to figure it out. 
player changes, promotions, benches, whatever he's got to do to get his team to play the way we know they can play and the way they played the first 20 games or so, 22 games or so. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, to tell you the truth. It's, it's, uh, it's a unique situation, but we all know these guys can play hockey and they all can play as a team. They just they find themselves down two, three goals too often in each game. You can't always play comeback hockey. They need to have score early, score often, build up a lead and hold on to it. Can't keep being up one nothing and down three one or down two nothing and then tied and down four two. You gotta play consistent hockey all the way through and they they, they lost their confidence a little bit now. So I I, I have every faith that they're gonna start playing the game that we know and Jerry's gonna make some moves to make this team better and we're just gonna go from there and you know, at the end of the day the first goal is make the playoffs. And then we're in that spot. Find ways to win hockey games, and then hopefully when the playoffs come around, the whole team knows how to change gears. And that's what we're going to find out. Follow me on Ranger Proud, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Empire Sports Media. I'm doing a little contributing writing for a company called Inside the Rink. You'll see some of those articles here and there. And I'll talk to you guys hopefully next Tuesday. Yeah, post game. We're gonna bring home a win versus the Kraken next Tuesday, and we'll talk about it. Have some fun with that. Shout out to RP, man. Okay. Thanks. Oh, your final thoughts, and Scott, your final thoughts, and then we got Glenn. Final thoughts, and we're out. Um, final thoughts. I, I there was something else I wanted to bring up earlier, and I don't really know if it's appropriate for final thoughts because it was more of like a, get everybody's opinion. But uh, we talked a few uh, several times about uh, you know the, the the retaliation for clean hits getting kind of out of control, and uh, made me think about that was the hit on Bedard uh, during the Devils game. Now I believe it was a clean hit. I believe he led with the shoulder. Uh, kind of had his head down a little bit and. Not only that, but if, if, if Brendan Smith doesn't step up and take and make that hit, then you know Bedard's got a highlight reel goal. Uh, so it was kind of like a welcome to the league kind of deal. Now that being said, uh, he's the golden boy of the team, and Chicago was absolutely right to start fighting the entire team when you know because that's the whole purpose of fighting is to protect your stars from hits like that, clean or not. Uh, but but. That being said, uh, yeah, I think overall, you know, so I guess I'm kind of on the fence about that because, you know, overall, yes, the retaliation for clean hits uh, is it has has gotten long, gotten out of control. Um, so the Bedard hit, I was kind of wavering back and forth because I, you know, I, I want to say just, just I'm not wavering on whether it was clean. Or it was absolutely a clean hit, I thought. But that being said, you know, you have to protect your stars from hits like that. So, uh, I guess, I guess I'm not really sure what I was trying to say there. Now that I think about it. <laughs> so that's uh, that's what I got. I guess I'll end it on that. <laughs> Exit stage left. Cool man. Shout out to Scott, man. Thanks very much. Glenn, final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at um, the games that are coming up between now and the next time that we uh, talk after the Seattle game, and you know, you know, it, at first you would look and say, all right, the Blues, two games against the Caps in Seattle, all all winnable games, and uh, you know, if they can do that, then Ranger Twitter will calm down and uh, everything will be okay. But looking a little bit closer, uh, St. Louis is 12 and six at home and 7-3 uh, and three in their last 10 games. So that's not necessarily going to be an easy game. Um, the Caps, we know the Caps well enough. You know, that can go either way. And then you got the Seattle game at the Garden, uh, which is uh, uh, another tough one because Seattle is 8-0-2 in their last 10. So, you know, you look at these four games and you say, oh, they, you know, they should come out pretty good. But these are not all going to be easy games. And, and these games come up right before they go on the road. Uh, where they're going to Vegas, uh, L.A., Anaheim, and San Jose. So this is they got a stretch here where they got six games out of eight on the road. Um, so I think this is a period for them right now to uh, kind of wake themselves up and realize where they are in the standings because despite the record that they have, um, you know, you got Carolina right on their tail. Uh, Islanders are not that far behind. Uh, so, you know, and, and the Flyers are kind of falling back a little bit. But um, – you know what they're. You know we talked early in the season about how great it is to get off to the start they did and have the cushion that they had, um, but they're they're taking advantage of that cushion right now and 
uh, you know, they, 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 you don't want to see them, you know, get into a 500 or less uh, stretch here over a, a, a long number of games. And uh, I think this is a real critical time between now and, uh, you know, the time we speak again. So hopefully we're in a better mood uh, post-game next Tuesday after the Seattle game. But uh, this, this is not an easy stretch for them coming up. So hopefully they'll be able to, to wake themselves up and Igor especially and kind of get themselves going again. All right. Now, Glenn, next Tuesday we got Seattle. We'll have a post game. So let's drill down on Seattle besides the Blue Shirts. So we'll talk Seattle maybe, and maybe we'll double down on Winnipeg, right? Let's let's work with those two teams okay. as far as Great. additional thoughts on how their seasons will go. Because, I mean, you, you guys kind of woke my eyes to to, uh, to Winnipeg, to be honest with you. I ain't only watched but maybe three, four games with them this year. But I'll, I'll pay more attention now. It's January. I have more hockey time to really dedicate. And then also, let me say this before we get off. Uh, from the other circuits, uh, the AHL, I was talking about earlier with Hartford, how we were rolling earlier this year, but that was when Brzezinski was on the team and Ottman, but they kind of tailed off. But that thing, things like that happen when guys are called up. But uh, for Hershey, they've been kind of doing their thing in the East. Uh, uh, Mike Scarbalsa has been excellent on that on that circuit, and also, as well as the Texas Stars with uh, Maverick Boutique and Logan Stankovin with leading the way with all the scoring over there. But now on the OHL side, it's the, you know the, the Kitchener Rangers have been doing their thing, man. I mean, I know the London Knights, the Rangers. The Greyhounds, uh, let's see, the Storm and the uh, Saginaw Spirit, those are the best teams right now through, and most of those teams are in the West in the OHL. Uh, it's been uh, Hunter Bruce Stikowicz and then Carson Ranfoff and Matthew Saul. They've had, they're the three of the five top scorers right now in the OHL on the Kitchener Rangers. Uh, so just keep an eye out on that on the smaller circuits. The reason why I bring these up is like, the fact that when we look into the NHL draft, we keep tabs of players who may be on the rise as far as first, second, third round picks, and we'll put some familiar names to the to this platform. So by the time draft comes around, hey man, we know we may want to go with this guy or that guy. So, uh, but yeah, AHL, OHL, KHL, and we'll get to some KHL stuff too maybe later uh, in February. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean the blue shirts uh, up and down, up and down. Rangers Twitter has gone off on Igor Shosturkin, so let's try to preserve and save Igor Shosturkin. <laughs> and then also our right-wing position uh, situation, and then I guess all of us currently on the line, RP hung up with uh, you know him going with Panarin. I believe the most important Ranger, even though it may not show as total points-wise, it's got to be Vincent Trocek for me. But we'll talk about that more as we are back in 2024. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. The you know Glenn and Scott, your guys, your video, you your audio clips of this episode will be up on the Bleed Blue Show Instagram throughout the week. So you may want to check out the Bleed Blue Show Instagram on your guys' sound bites from this episode on what you guys okay. said on on the episode. Get on the Instagram and check out the, uh, all the other stakeholders' uh, commentary from the football show, the hockey show, the basketball show on Wednesday. The the NFL wildcard playoffs on Thursday, all that going to be circulating on the Blue Blue Show Instagram stories. So be on the lookout for you guys' sound bites on the, on, on the IG, man. All right, guys. Sounds good. Sounds great. Sounds good. Uh, well, have a good one. It's good to, be, good to be back. And no technical difficulties. I was shocked, man. I, I can't believe it. I, I was getting frustrated in December. I'm going to be out. I'm going to be very outspoken and honest. I was frustrated with that shit before we left. <laughs> That shit, I was so glad to take a break. I said, all right, man, we're fucking, man. We're going to take a hey, couple Hey, you showed your leadership, Steve. And... You got us through. You showed your leadership. You got us through. Yeah, we have alternative options, but those alternative options could be a pain, you know, pre-recorded yeah. and uploaded. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not the hardest thing in the world, but when you're not prepared for it, it's like, damn, fuck, man. I just want to, you know, kind of <laughs> go back and watch some of these games on the center ice or something, or watch some college basketball or NBA or NHL games, then I'm uploading the show and I gotta change the the, the, the tweets and the 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 the, 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 the promotions. The are it's a pain in the butt. I I needed that break, man. <laughs> but I right, guys, we'll see you guys on the Instagram on that on you guys sound bites and also the 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 replay of these episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. And then some of these shows are going to be on the Blue Blue Show Facebook page sometime later this year. We'll, we'll but when that when that day goes and especially when the live shows happen we'll we'll let you guys know all right guys sangre so ladies and gentlemen bleed blue
Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, 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 blee blue.